Welcome to CB Talks, a podcast from SilverCloud Health, the leading global provider of evidence-based well-being and behavioral health solutions. My name is Dr. Jorge Palacios. I'm a senior digital health scientist. And in each episode, I sit down with leading mental health practitioners and advocates as we explore the science of digital mental health. For this conversation, I was joined by Eva Slavejova. I was really happy for the opportunity to be able to speak to Eva because she's a user of SilverCloud's digital mental health services. Eva became pregnant in 2020 during the COVID pandemic, and her daughter Lenka was born in 2021. Now, even though the pandemic was a time of isolation for so many, for Eva, these digital services allowed her to have a sense of connection which provided essential support during her pregnancy journey. Eva also talked to us about her prior pregnancies and the mental health struggles she experienced in each. In our conversation, baby Lenka also makes an appearance. And of course, this means that you'll hear a baby in the background crying at times. And I wanted to say also that I'm a strong proponent of normalizing these kind of situations. I have a one-year-old myself, and my team is well aware that sometimes, you know, he'll make an appearance and give them a wave. It's important to keep calling out that it's okay to have these interruptions and accommodate those who are balancing family and work commitments as the hybrid model of working continues to take shape and as the effects of the pandemic are still felt. We did interrupt our conversation a couple of times to accommodate Lenka, and I think she'll be happy and proud of her mom when she listens back to this podcast. So, Ava, welcome, and thank you so much again for joining. I know how thank you how tough it is sometimes being a parent and managing things. So, so thanks for taking the the time to answer these questions. It's it's really valuable that you share your experience. I'm sure others will benefit. So, so yeah, thank you. If you don't mind, um, I'm going to start by just asking you about your first pregnancy, but even not even the pregnancy itself, but the decision to get pregnant. I mean, this is a question that we get asked often as, as parents. Was it an easy decision? Was it planned? And if you can and tell me how that first pregnancy went. So, yes, it was an easy decision because I think we were both on the same page with my husband uh, and uh, we are really exciting. But I think because of that ex excitement and it was a planned pregnancy, uh, it, the baby loss on, on during our first pregnancy hit us really hard, especially me, I say i remember after the baby loss i was really feeling really tired and i first didn't realize i was needing a psychological help or therapy so i thought i'm just because mm. i lost a lot of blood during my mm. first pregnancy or during the loss so my gp actually recommended therapy for me and uh, she was the person who i went to and we spoke about that about the morning and that basically it would help me to you know have a counseling so before it was through GP sure. uh, and it was one-to-one -one because it was pre-COVID. And I also had these support groups uh, during pregnancy and before I became pregnant again. And what made your GP suggest that? I mean, how did you realize that, you know, it wasn't just a physical tiredness, but it was a mental issue that you wanted to tackle? Uh, basically, I was uh, anemic as well. And at the beginning, they gave me uh, these iron tablets as well. And then I went to another blood test because I thought the tiredness is 
due to anemia but the the results blood results were okay basically the hemoglobin levels were fine so she then told me uh, she thinks it's a my basically my trauma it's from my trauma from baby loss and she that's why she recommended because physically i was okay but mentally obviously i wasn't and firstly back then i didn't realize that myself i must admit so it was her who suggested that and i accepted her offer obviously so and i was glad so she even you know the gp thought of physical things before anything else and wanted to discard that but besides being tired was there anything else you felt any other symptoms what did you feel well, I was uh, opposite of my, my normal self, I would say, because I was normally before quite sociable, uh, like I like talkative as well. But after the baby loss, I became more withdrawn. I just wanted to be alone. I wanted to sort of not meet anyone. And I, I know, I remember at this point, I had a friend who was pregnant at the time. She was giving birth two months after my due date. And uh, I just couldn't see her. That was really hard. And I remember when I actually started the therapy one-on-one, I sent her an email that I I can't see her at the moment. So for a few months, we didn't meet. And then my therapist helped me to see her again and see her before she uh, actually gave birth. So I think this was like like seeing all these pregnant women, and especially her as being my friend. I just couldn't cope. So I think all these things made me realize that my GP is right. I need the therapy. Yeah, yeah. But that's it, isn't it? I mean, pregnancy is um, on the surface supposed, inverted comma, to be this most amazing, wonderful thing. And the reality is very different. And it's not. Even in normal circumstances, it's a roller coaster, (laughs) right? So what happened to you obviously was incredibly difficult. But still, it was hard to realize that. So how did your view of pregnancy change after this experience? Oh, massively, I must admit. I basically lost this innocence of pregnancy. You know, like as you were saying, before you experience baby loss, you think of pregnancy as something positive. You're looking forward to it. You see this, you know, you want to take photos of yourself with growing tummy but after that i just i was i was just anxious and scared and not just during that i lost the baby when i was 15 weeks pregnant or just right at the end of week 15 so even after i thought i might feel better but i didn't so i was probably scared till total end and thanks to that other support group i was uh, part of that helped me to cope with the anxiety we had the kind of exercises how to ease off the anxiety so right so you you could speak to that and the support group had gone through similar experiences and so you you found people who had gone through the same yes yeah and obviously you felt you could talk to them more than your friends who were still having this you know normal pregnancy of you know where everything just progresses and uh you know in the end result you have a baby you know I'm glad to hear you had that support group, but of course that was pre-pandemic, as you said, and things were different. How long did it take for you to feel that you you wanted to become pregnant again, um, that you felt strong enough for for that? Actually, despite the therapy and everything, we were mm-hmm. positive we wanted to try as soon as possible because we were encouraged 
I would say by doctors in hospital, they told me that, oh, because of pregnancy hormones, we might conceal faster. But that didn't happen again. I think my husband was then more frustrated because he really believed in that. And it took us nearly another year to conceive my uh, daughter, older daughter. So I remember after going to support groups, I also started to kind of think of myself. I joined a yoga exercise group where uh, for, for three months, then I started jogging. And I think that helped me as well to kind of ease my mind from trying again. Because uh, I remember, even though we really wanted to try again and as soon as possible, the frustration was of that, that we, it was like a step back, you know, like we were pregnant. And I think that's why I felt really, really bad and sad as well and frustrated and that time did you have anyone that you that you could talk to about that were you still in talking therapy or in support groups i went to my therapy it was for three months so after i was part of the uh one of the groups where couples met who couldn't either conceive at all or lost the babies in the in the first kind of first half of the pregnancy and then i remember i stopped at some point because i thought i need to just take my mind off it so that, then i started to go to yoga instead and uh, jogging and i remember my therapist yeah. told me when i get pregnant to join the other group it was called the rainbow baby support group okay so very yeah specific to families who have who have gone through that you know particular situation no the first one after a, a miscarriage. So you were going to that rainbow baby support group, and was that you know a, a normal pregnancy more or less? Did that did that progress? Um... Uh, luckily, yes. So uh, I was closely monitored. I think it was in third trimester that I was becoming more and more anxious and uh, so mm. anxious with like I suddenly had nightmares that I woke up from uh, that she was born stillborn or. Yeah. I was uh, I was dying and begging doctors to save the baby at least. So because of those uh, nightmares, I asked my midwife, "What do I do? Do I?" Because it was COVID, and obviously we were we just had all the appointments over the phone. Sure. Or, or with like obviously with midwife we had face to face. But so the talking therapist lady she told me about uh, silver cloud and CBT therapy. So that's how I came to you guys. So there was a clear difference between the anxiety that you felt in your second versus your third pregnancy and it was that would you say it was that isolation that was you know the pandemic related isolation did that make it more difficult would you say i would say yes because uh, apart from um, like being fearful of losing a child i was also mm. anxious a lot because uh, uh, because of pandemic rules in hospital i couldn't yeah. um my daughter wouldn't be able to come and stay or come and see me. Yeah. And uh, so I just I just didn't like that. I don't know. I, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I really wanted her to be close to us and to experience the birth of her sister, sort of not be isolated from all this. And also, I just didn't feel like leaving her maybe for night. You know, I don't know. This, all these thoughts gave me really big anxiety yeah. back then yeah yeah no and i i totally get it i mean i i also have a, a one and a half year old and and i'll never forget you know that anxiety of not being able to share the experience as most mm -hmm. couples do and you this is something that you think about all your life right it's it, you know especially when you start to think about becoming a parent it's a shared experience it's something that you and your partner share 
And then because of the pandemic, you cannot share a lot of things. So I had to be outside of the hospital when she had her ultrasounds. I had to be outside when they told us the sex of the baby. And all of that is something that you don't expect. It's something that you have to adjust for. And then you leave the hospital and and like remember back then in the pandemic, there was no one on the streets. It was just a very surreal experience, you know? And everything that you shared with your family was online, was in Zoom calls and, and online. And so I totally understand that feeling. But then for you to have your eldest daughter who you wanted to share that with and and adding on the anxiety of, you know, something awful happening again. You know, I'm really sorry that you you had to experience that, but I'm very glad that you were able to find something that helped. I really am. So can you tell me how how then that happened? Um, so you said it was, you went to talking therapies as usual. You knew where to go, obviously, because you had gone through this. And then when was the suggestion of, of an online intervention brought up? Was it immediate? Not quite yet. I had a couple of phone call uh, interviews through talking therapies. Mm-hmm. Basically, they needed to make sure what therapy would suit me the best. Mm-hmm. So, And then they enrolled me to CBT online. And uh, I remember that was she was born in April, and I think my therapy started in February. So it was kind of later in my pregnancy because I didn't, first two trimesters, I wasn't aware I'm becoming anxious. I think because my due date was end of March, and as of January, I realized like, oh, this is coming closer and closer, and I think I became more and more anxious. So my, I must say, my midwife was really huge help as well. She was always checking on my mental health, not just on my physical well-being, obviously, or on my physical state. Did you find then the online therapy and Silvia? Did you find it easy? to access CC to understand right away or how was it? I was, <laughs> it was a bit uh, actually funny at the beginning because I actually liked the program so much, like the way it was done. It was so easy to go through. And I remember the therapist who was checking up on me, like uh, in regular inter- intervals through phone calls. She was saying to me, oh, you're going too fast. You're going too fast. <laughs> but it's just because I was so excited. It just reminded me of my uh, university studies like uh-huh. back then. And uh, <laughs> so I just, uh, so she was like, just slow down because uh, but then I went back like I told her like okay I, I slow down I'll slow down and I'll definitely repeat some of the programs and I really like the idea that you could log in back for a year so so even when I was done with it so I would log in from time to time to repeat some of their exercises there or you know some tools and um, yes so that was quite useful as well and and yeah. that was like a printout uh, you know summarization of the program as well so I did that as well so I printed some of the pages so to remind myself if I needed to in the future great yeah and I was going to ask about that because so you started silver cloud in the third trimester you said yes so then did you continue using it after after Lenka was born right mm-hmm. yes were, were there any specific aspects that you continued to use and even without logging on was were there some things that you that you kind of remembered and went back to and and really found use after Lenka was born? 
Definitely. The biggest one was how to divide your worries, like also to dedicate time for your worries. So because I said to the therapist from talking therapist before I was enrolled to this program that I always struggled. I knew that I that the mistake we make is uh, we uh, suppress our feelings and then they come out in a bigger waves, let's say. So I always told her I needed to learn how not to suppress my feelings, but how to deal with them in a manner that won't affect like my family members, let's say, or I won't be, you know, hysterical, etc. So thanks to this exercise where you divide your worries into hypothetical and uh, practical and how to then kind of, you know, brainstorm then pick up the best solution for the practical ones and i like for hypothetical to focus on the sounds so to bring your mind back so i still do that so whenever i feel like i'm again lost in my thoughts and i'm just worrying over silly things or maybe you know things i can't you know deal with now i remember about that sound <laughs> so i always try to listen to the sound yeah. around me oh that's great that's great to hear and, and it does seem that you do have a strong memory of it and then you're still applying them i think that's that's one of the most valuable things that it it teaches you tools for you to use when you need them because it's not it's not that you need you need this at a specific point in time i mean of course you know you have the weeks where you go through the modules etc but the important thing to communicate is that you may need this further down the line right and again as a parent i can attest that there are definitely some bad you know difficult moments obviously it's it's such a roller coaster and there's parts where you feel that you're managing but then other parts where you really need support and so it's great that you can recall and and use those tools again and again uh, you know after using silver cloud so well and and uh, taking so much from it so do you feel that you can communicate your feelings much easier now you know obviously with yourself but to your partner too definitely yes as i was saying before i know how to express myself more effectively i would say so to avoid mm-hmm. un- unnecessary fights so so even if i feel frustrated and you know men and women we have our differences and i think now i can understand his point of view as well so i think uh, our communication as husband and wife improved a lot thanks to this program as oh, well yeah. Because instead of just putting blame on him, I would say, you know, it's about me. I feel like this. I need some break. I need this. And he's then more supportive. So he then gets my message. And so I think it definitely helped us as well. I mean, I can't say we would have had some, you know, merits or problems. We didn't. But it still improved our communication. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's it, isn't it? A, a, a baby and a situ- any any difficult situation but also just this life event of having kids is difficult for any couple, right? Uh, you know, my relationship is no different. And so just like you said, it's not like, you know, you were on the verge of something more difficult or, f- or finite in your relationship, but it certainly helped you just manage the day to day, you know? I mean, that's that's great that you say that because it, it's like a nice little... Um, bonus that you got from a program which you entered because of a specific thing which is your own anxieties around pregnancy but the tools that it gave you actually are helping in your relationship and your daily stressors you know because you know anxiety is a something that can be applied to a lot of things 
right? And we're talking about perinatal here, but um, you know, your anxiety can be down to anything, and it could be down to to your relationship or or you know uh, your work or whatever. No? So you know, but talking more about pregnancy than about what you've learned, what all these experiences have taught you. You know, obviously you're on a podcast, so you're speaking to many people out there listening. What would you say about feeling anxious and depressed during pregnancy? Do you, would you say it's normal? When is it not normal? How do you recognize that it's affecting you? How could you help others recognize when it's more of a problem? I'd say because, well, apart from my nightmares, which were coming from the baby laws, I would say I was fretting a lot about how they manage when uh, baby was born, how they manage, like even like um, practical worries, I would say they were building up in myself. And then I could see my husband was also partially anx anxious as well about that. We would just, and I remember I was also overdue 11 days, longer than with Susanna. And uh, one of my friends, I spoke to her about how anxious I am and how I'm, the more even overdue I was, I was really wanted to give birth. But on the other hand, I was really anxious how they manage, especially without that help from parents who are in Slovakia, whether mine or husband's. Mm. And she said, you know what? I think this baby feels that. She feels your anxiety and that's why she's not coming, you know, to this mm -hmm. world yet. So just, you just need to tell the baby, we are ready for you. And, mm -hmm. and I, actually, I feel like that really helped because I spoke to her that uh, day in the morning uh, and the following day Lenka was born <laughs> so so because I said okay I think she's right I said to husband we are just so anxious about how we will manage we just couldn't imagine our practical life because when you expect the first one you also can't imagine what your life would be yeah. but you have this ideal you know like oh we are becoming parents and we will have a baby finally and we are so excited right. but when you have first one and you expect the second one you're like oh my god because <laughs> you know what it's like to have a yeah. child suddenly yeah. like sleepless nights and yeah. I don't know there are tantrums sometimes or whatever you know and then suddenly, I think we were both quite anxious, not just myself. And I look back at that time. Maybe that's why I was so overdue. Maybe my friend was right. And um, and obviously, when the baby was born, and I remember this from other book I read about anxiety, uh, there was just this one sentence that stuck with me about anxiety. She said, the reality is always kinder than the stories we tell about it. And whenever I start to be more anxious, I try to remind myself, even before this podcast, <laughs> obviously I was a bit anxious. So I said, okay, because of Lenka, I thought, oh, she won't fall asleep. She probably won't have nap. And, you know, and... Um, then I reminded myself, okay, the reality is always kinder <laughs> than yes. my stories in my head. That's so true. that helped me as well. So That's true. You, you know um, how it applies to me? I always get nervous when I give a, a talk. And when I'm giving it, I'm like, oh, God, everybody noticed how anxious I was, you know? And then I mm -hmm. ask people afterwards and they're like, no, no, it was fine. You were great. And I'm like, well... Yeah, there you go. The reality is always kinder. No? And um, also, 
what you said just now, it reminds me, I think that's a good point how to tell others when you feel anxious. Like a lot of people think about me, I'm quite easygoing and calm person, as you said as well about your uh, speeches. When my sister-in-law, when I told her that I suffer from anxiety and I had my therapy, she was surprised in a, like, mm. she was shocked. She, she said to me, you, really, you? Because you seem like really easygoing, balanced person. And I think the anxious people keep it to themselves. Like, yes. It's all my thoughts. Everything is inside me. And I obviously, when I meet with my family members or friends, I'm sociable, I'm easygoing. But then I come home and I can't fall asleep because I just go and I overthink and overthink and overthink. So I think this is the main point when you realize like, okay, maybe something's wrong. Maybe I need help. Yeah, that's a great point because there's there's all these expectations. And, you know, some of them are, are about what, who you are as a person. You know, um, I, I had the same, you know, when I told people that I went to therapy, they're like, you, what? Like, you know, you're one of the most normal people. Exactly. Know. You're very, you're very well-rounded. I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, it's just, we all, we all have them. It's not that, you know, you're normal or like, you, like you shouldn't be stigmatized at all. It's just normal to have these feelings and it's normal to do something about it. Um, but it's tough, like you said, to deal with the expectations of not only who you are as a person, but then the expectations of a pregnancy and how it, it's all meant to be not only either a very beautiful moment, but then also something that you have to manage because everybody does it. You know, everybody has kids and they're all managing. So why would, why would you be any different? Right. But the reality is that these support systems are out there and they help. Right. And why wouldn't you? help yourself why wouldn't you help yourself or your partner to deal with such a tough time you know in a better way i would have benefited a lot from from this myself um in in our pregnancy i think the more people kind of explore that right of you know am i okay you know do i need a referral do i need to talk to someone do i need to access this the better so what would your advice be to to parents um, who may be struggling with their perinatal mental health? What would you say to them? Uh, I would definitely say that not feel ashamed of that. Like I have a friend who also had a anxiety and as a she find motherhood overwhelming. Mm. She just has a one child, but then she really struggled. And we spoke about that. And I said you know what, I think it's, it's okay to seek help, to find some therapy because uh, your struggle is other struggles. And because, as you said now, lots of people say to themselves, well, you know, everyone is parent, everyone struggles, we should manage that. But if we don't, if you feel too overwhelmed and like we really need help, I think it's okay to get that help. Because uh, I always say to like my friends and family that, you know, when they have headaches or whatever problems, physical problems, we call our GP surgeries and we ask for help. But often we forget to ask for help when we have, you know, mental problems, like we feel down or we don't know how to deal with certain situations. So I think rather than comparing ourselves to others, it may be better to compare ourselves with us like in the past or now like 
do I need help? Do I struggle? Like, you know, because I realized that comparing myself to others wasn't good. Like that was, that was the time when I couldn't see that my pregnant friend. And then I realized like, I need to focus on myself. And if I struggle, it's okay to ask for help. Like it's not shameful to ask for help. So now I really, really try to always check if I heard, like I go to my chiropractor because I have back problems but if i feel down i know like it's okay to yeah. go back to talking therapies or cbt or you know yeah. refer myself again oh, that's great um, i love that comparing yourself just to yourself to past versions mm -hmm. of yourself where you were you felt healthier and you know you said something that i i preach about a lot and and it's if we have something painful, if something hurts, if we feel sick and we do something about that, why wouldn't we do the same for our mental health? Because it's all part, it's, there's, it's called mental health exactly. for a reason. It's health. It's your overall health. And, and it cannot exist without mental health too, alongside your physical health. So it's great that you called that out because I'm a true believer in that too. And thank you for everything that you've shared, uh, Ava. It's, uh, it's great to, to hear from people who have used it and benefited so much from it. It, like, it certainly, I mean, personally, it 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 makes my work um, so rewarding. Um, and uh, just speaking to you, obviously, but knowing that the programs that we do help people such as yourself, and I'm sure a lot of people listening have benefited just from hearing you say these things. So, um, you should feel also uh, rewarded and proud of that. So I want to thank you again. And I want to thank Lenka for being so patient. I'm really <laughs> sorry that, um, <laughs> that she, was, uh, she was struggling a little bit. Um, uh, but thankfully, it was just because she was tired. And, and now she's very peacefully resting. She is. Thank you again. And you're very welcome. I was happy to share my experience and my thoughts with you. So you're welcome. My very special thanks to my guest, Eva Slavejova. Eva used Silver Cloud's space for a perinatal well-being program during her pregnancy journey. If you need further information on that program or any of Silver Cloud's services, please log on to our website where you could find more details. To hear more conversations surrounding digital mental health, you can also listen back to previous episodes of CV Talks. Just find us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode or any other episode in the series, Please rate and review CB Talks so we can help others discover it too. I'll be back next time looking at another way in which digital technologies are involved in mental health. And I really hope to see you then. Mm -hmm.